Hello, good morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's good to see you this morning. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing the question, was Jesus peaceful? There's a lot of ideas out there that Jesus came to this earth as a hippie and that he came to the earth to just have peace with everybody, bro. But the reality of what Jesus actually came to this earth for will be revealed in today's study. Today, was Jesus peaceful? I've got six points for you. Grab a notebook, grab your Bible. We're going to get into this this morning. It's going to be powerful. And I want to encourage you, get ready to study this word together because this is some very divisive things we're going to get into that's not talked about a lot. So this is going to be powerful and I'm excited to get into it with you. So point number one is you control the peace. You control what peace is available and what peace is not available in someone's life and in your own life. And I'm not talking about tranquility. I'm not talking about the the subtleness of relaxation. I'm talking about the peace that you bring based on the gospel. I'm going to explain this to you in the book of Matthew. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. The book of Matthew chapter 10. Let's get into understanding what Jesus spoke to us about peace. Matthew, the 10th chapter, and we'll go to the, uh, let's go to the fifth verse. He said, the, the, then the 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house in Israel. And as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hail at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the leopard. Raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. Provide neither gold nor silver, nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs. For a worker is worthy of his food, meaning you should get paid for what you're doing out there. Verse 11, now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who who in it is worthy to stay there till you go out. So the people that they're going into these houses with, the people that they're staying with on their journey to witness to the lost people, that's who he told them to go to was the lost. He said, watch who you go to stay with. You should only stay with those that are worthy. Of those people now, this next part is who he's talking about. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. So the peace that we're talking about today, that we're going to get into, I want to establish this before we go into the, uh, the next five points, is the peace that you have is not the same peace that Jesus is talking about or saying that he's not going to bring here in just a minute. Jesus brings peace to those that receive him. I want to make that clear before we get into this because it can be confusing to those that don't understand that peace is for those that receive Jesus, that receive the work of Jesus. You know, I have no problem with anybody that receives Jesus. You could be a total loser and just mess up a lot of things just like me. But you receive Jesus, you have a friend with me. We're in the same camp. We're in the same family now. But you reject Jesus, you reject Jesus' ways, you reject the things of God, we're at odds. We're not at peace together. So the peace that I've got, you know, the peace that goes, that is described as beyond understanding, that's not the peace that Jesus is talking about. 
Those that receive him receive that peace. Now he says to those that don't receive that, he says, if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. However, if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake the dust off of your feet. I was just having a discussion with uh, my dear friend Ben about this. That he, he was saying, hey, how long do you go and minister to somebody and preach to them and tell them about Jesus until, you know, I'm not going to keep telling you about it. I'm going to give you an opportunity and I love you, but I don't need to continue to tell you about Jesus for you to reject him in front of me. I'm going to tell you about him and you're going to love him or you're not. And that's fine either way. I'm okay with it either way. I've done my part. I love you. I care about you. That's why I shared the good news of Jesus with you. But Jesus said, depart from there because, and and also when you depart, bring your peace with you. You keep your peace. Don't leave your peace with them. They shouldn't have the peace that you have because they rejected the source that brings the peace. Point number two, Jesus warns of division. Go to Matthew, uh, same, same chapter, but verse 21 now. He says, now brother will deliver up brother to death and a father his child and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. That's pretty severe. Parents against children, children against parents, brother against brother, sister against sister. Verse 22, and you will be hated by all of those for my sake. For whose sake? Jesus' sake. You will be hated because of Jesus, not because of you, but because you've got peace now, which came from Jesus. They don't receive Jesus. They don't get peace now. So now they've rejected you, they've rejected Jesus. Remember what Jesus said, those who receive me, receive the one who sent me. So you, they reject you, they reject Jesus. So that peace now, that's not, that's not for them anymore. He said, and you will be hated by all those for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. He's saying, uh, those that reject me, reject Notice who he said it will be. He didn't say it's going to be lost people. This is bro- He's talking about family members. It's going to be family and other, quote, believers or ones that know about God, know about Christianity, know about Jesus. Those are the ones that we've got to be on the lookout for. He says earlier in that same chapter in verse 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So I'm a sheep. I'm going to collect other sheeps, lost people. But beyond the sheep, there's wolves. And the wolves look like sheep, dress, act like sheep, but they're not sheep. They're wolves. They come to attack the sheep. These are the ones that were that he is sending us in the midst of. Who are those people? Other so-called believers. Oh, other so-called people that confess to say or act like they know God, act like they know Jesus, but they don't. They don't. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. You can't get to God without getting, uh, without going through Jesus first. Can't be done. It takes going through Jesus first before you go to God. Point number three, why do we have the issue? Why do we have this issue with other believers or family? Why do we have this issue with other believers or family? The reason we have this issue 
with other family members, other believers. The main reason is because people in general love darkness over light. They like the sin. They like the place that they're in. They make reasons to justify where they are. They want what they have. They want what they want more than what they're supposed to have. They want what they what they've heaped up to themselves. They want these things more than just what Jesus has said, this is what you're supposed to have. That's why it's such a problem. That's why it's so hard with families because they know you before you knew who you really were in Christ. They know who you are. So they don't want to receive your new creation. They don't see the new person. You could go to church, get born again, uh, receive Jesus as your savior, walk out, see your family, and they don't see anybody different. You walked in with the same clothing, you left with the same clothing, hopefully. It'd be weird if you didn't. But you walked in with, you know, one way, you come out physically looking the same way. You're the same person to them. What do they what do they care? You're the same person. But when you've received Christ, you become a new person inwardly, which eventually changes the outwardly. But the inward person has to change first. But why is this such a problem with people people in your he said brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, mother, father, husband, wife, these are the ones we will have conflict with because people love darkness over light. That's what's going to happen. Point number four, Jesus's real reason for coming was to seek and to save that which was lost. That was Jesus's real reason for coming was to seek and save that which was lost. Not those that think they're found, but those that are lost. Turn with me, same chapter. We're staying in the same kind of verse here or the same pages, really. Matthew chapter 10. Now jump over to verse 34. He said, do not think. This is Jesus, the words in red. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now that that word sword, if you research that word out and do a word study on it, it's very deep in its understanding, what it really means, and the Greek translation of it from Greek to English, and understanding the deepness of where the origins of this word came from. A sword meant a blade, a sword. He said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. What does a sword do? A sword divides. If you take a sword, what else? Tell me what a sword, a sword doesn't, you know, it doesn't offer, you know, nutrition to you or any other substance. A, A sword does one thing. It divides. It splits. You take a sword. Let's just take something simple. Let's, I don't, I won't be gross. You take a sword and let's say you cut a strawberry with that sword. And and actually in the Greek translation of it, the sword, it's a knife that they used to make sacrifices with animals. It was a type of knife, a long dagger is what it's translated as a long dagger. So that sword was used to make sacrifices. Let's take a strawberry, something very simple. I make strawberries daily for my daughter for her uh, lunch. She's that's one of her favorite fruits, but I'll cut the stems off of it. And if your blades sharp enough, just glides right through. 
But what? let's think about the core of this. A sword, you take a sword or a dagger, a knife, and you cut that piece of fruit, that strawberry. What happens? You've got now two pieces of fruit. Same fruit, but now you've got two pieces of it. You've got one side that you discard of and one side that you keep. One side you get rid of, the other side that you you keep it. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace to you or bring peace to the world. I came to bring peace to those who receive me, to divide between those who receive me and those who don't receive me. I've come to bring a sword, to divide. God's not a God of, uh, of just peace. He brings peace to those who receive him. But God, Jesus, came to divide to separate those. That's why it's such a mm, it's such a battle with those who don't walk the line with Jesus and those who do. It's a bat it's all it's never gracious. It's never acceptable the way that the two interact. It's like oil and water. The oil will always ricochet off of the water. That water will never mix well with the oil. And then set that oil on fire. The water can do nothing about oil that's been set ablaze. It can try to put it out, but it makes it worse. You try and tame someone who's on fire for God, you're going to make that fire worse. You're going to make them blow up and get worse and spread more. That's what happens to believers that have been sold out to the gospel of Jesus Christ is they become on fire and you can't put them out with the things of the world. You can't tempt them. You can't tempt a man who's been set on fire. I remember my pastor, I was young. I said, you know, I want to preach to people in my school. It was the last year of high school that I got saved. I said, I want to, I want to preach to people. What do I do? What do I say? He said, uh, I remember this. I was, I can't remember the exact phrase, but I remember what he said to me. He said, Dylan, set yourself on fire. Everybody will come to watch somebody burning. Nobody can look away when someone's on fire. So just set yourself on fire and people will come to watch. But this is what happens when oil and water mix, when Jesus believers, sold out believers and unsold out you know, fleshly, carnal people mix, get together. They don't mix. It, it's, it, it doesn't join together. But the lost will because the lost is open. They don't, they don't know. They're lost. The world is lost. They've lost their mind in most cases. And you're here to help save them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number five. Peace for some, division for others. Number five, peace for some, division for others. Turn to Luke 19 quickly. Luke 19, a quick story that Jesus has. You remember a a young man, well, I don't know how old he was. But Luke 19, the story about Zacchaeus. Verse one, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Very blatant, very direct. He was rich. It's very simple. It's not complicated. He was a chief tax collector, high up in the tax collecting field, and he was rich. It's all we need to know about him. And he sought to see Jesus, but 
what could not because of the crowd, and he was short. So he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was passing away, uh, passing the way. Jump down to, uh, to verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. So he's a rich man. Let's just say, so you can illustrate it in your mind. And I'm not, this is by no means saying that this is rich or this is the, the, uh, the level that you have to be at to be rich. I'm not saying that. I'm just to give you a number so we can illustrate this story in our mind. Let's say he had a million dollars and he says, I've given half of my goods to the poor. That means his net worth was just distributed and cut in half. So now how much does he have? Very good. 500,000 now. So he's cut it in half. He says, I've distributed half of what I've had to the poor. Jesus didn't ask him to do that. Jesus did not ask him to do that. He wanted to find Jesus. He was looking hard to find Jesus. And he offered up of himself to give up half of what he had to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'll restore four times what I took, fourfold. Or four, I'm not saying four times, but he said, I'll restore fourfold. So whatever fold times four is, whatever that is, that's what he'll restore to them. So let's say now he did take beyond what he should have and he had to restore them. So let's, take, let's say that takes another quarter of his wealth or another half of his wealth. A quarter of his total, half of what's left. So now what's he left with? 250000 Now he's left with 250000 from the million because he restored those he overtook from. Or what did he say? Anything that I have taken by false accusation, the abundance of that. So I'm giving fourfold back. So let's say that's another 250000 He's left with 250000 now. So he just gave three quarters of his wealth away just like this because he wanted to follow Jesus. That's where his heart was. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is also the son of Abraham. Verse 10, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So this isn't Jesus's approach is to divide people for the sake of dividing people. Division happens with Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Division happens when Jesus is in the picture. Because it divides between those who accept and those who don't. Those who walk the, walk the path, those who don't. Those who go, get sold out, those who don't. It divides. Jesus doesn't divide, need to go in and start dividing people. Him alone will cause division when people don't sell themselves out to Jesus. You sell yourself out to this world. Now go back one chapter. Turn one page back to chapter 18 of Luke. And go to 18. There's a story about a rich young ruler. We don't know who this man is. We know very little, if anything, about this person. We learned Zacchaeus, who Zacchaeus was. We found out his story, and we find out what he did to earn a reputation with Jesus and for Jesus to bring peace to that household because of Zacchaeus' actions. Let me tell you something. One action for your immediate family, your wife, your, your children, your action of being sold out to Christ Will either, will either bring your family closer to you and the blessing will, will come upon that household or it will divide your household and then there, will, there won't be the blessing in it. But the blessing will be on your life and the blessing will be on those that are st- stay around you. But that's what happened to Zacchaeus' household, not just Zacchaeus, 
but his household because he was sold out to Jesus. Now listen to this story about the rich young ruler. Certain ruler asked him saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Similar to Zacchaeus. This man's pursuing Jesus. He's pursuing the things of God. And he says, Jesus said, why do you call me good? Uh, jump down to verse 22. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, okay, so you, you've, you've followed the law since you were young. But he said, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. Oh, wh where else did we see someone else do this? He didn't say give everything to the poor. He said, sell what you have and distribute to the poor. That doesn't sound like he's saying give everything to the poor. Well, you could take it that way. I'm not saying he didn't say that. But it sounds like he's just saying sell what you do have and distribute to the poor. He said and you sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the rich young ruler heard this, he became very sorrowful because he was very rich. Why could Zacchaeus do it, but the rich young ruler wouldn't? Why did Zacchaeus find necessity in it, but the rich young ruler didn't? Because oil and water do not mix. Because those that choose Jesus will give up everything they have to follow Jesus without any expectation of return, even though it's promised. The promise of return is there. Jesus said, anyone who gives up my life, anyone who gives up a house, anyone who gives up family, anyone who gives up lifestyle, anyone who gives up anything now here in this time will be rewarded a hundredfold now in this time and in the life to come is what Jesus said. So anyone who gives up anything for my sake, I'll return it to them here and now. But they're not willing. People aren't willing to do that. Why? Division. Jesus brings division. He doesn't bring peace to everybody. He brings peace to those that receive him. Don't let it be twisted. Uh, this isn't my doctrine or my opinion. This is what the word says. This is what our, our Bible says. This is what your book says. Your study guide. Your instruction manual for life. This is what it should reveal to you. Is that those that receive Jesus receive the peace of God, receive peace in their life. But those who bump against Jesus should encounter uh, uh, a tough time. Number six, Jesus said, repent or else. Repent or else. Is that a threat? Absolutely it is. Revelation chapter two, turn with me there. Revelation, the second chapter. Revelation chapter two. Go to verse 14. Jesus said, but I have a few things against you. This is the church in Pergamos. He says, I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit, commit sexual immorality. Thus you also, have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. Verse 16, Jesus says, repent or else. Repent or else. Is Jesus threatening people? Um, I don't know other, any other way to explain it besides that's a threat. Repent or else. I will come to you quickly, but not in the terms of coming to seek and save. I've already seek to save you. 
I've already given my life to save you is what he's saying. I am coming to you quickly and will fight against you with the sword of my mouth. Wait a second. Where else did we see this? Where else did we see this type of talk? Back in Matthew chapter 10, remember in verse 34-ish? I did not come to bring peace, but to bring a sword. Or you could say to bring division. And he uses the same term here. I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Now, hold on. Listen to this. I, you know me. I went and did a word study on these different things. Guess what this word sword doesn't match in the Greek to the other word sword that he talks about in Luke 34. No, they're both weapons. This is what this one means, though. A Literally, go look this one up. Go look up this Greek word in Revelation 2, what this word sword means, the sword of my mouth. It literally means a bigger sword. It's still a weapon. It's still a divisive sword that divides. But he says, you know, the sword I was bringing before while I was here, I thought that's the sword that I needed. But after getting to know everything and everybody that's doing these things, I realized I need a bigger sword to deal with you. I need a bigger weapon of choice to deal with what's happening here. So not only does he still use the same vernacular that I'm coming to divide those that receive me and those that don't, but I need a bigger weapon to divide between because what I was using before didn't work good enough. I need a bigger sword now to divide. Repent or else. You don't want to be on that side. Just receive Jesus. Receive who he is. Receive what he's done for you. I've I've come on this podcast today to tell you, whoever this is that's listening, whether it's live or at a different time, Jesus came to seek your life and to save your life so that you could experience the peace that he's come to bring so that you don't have to experience the sword that he inevitably or inevitably bought and brought to this world to divide between those that receive him and don't. Don't be the one that rejects him. Don't live a life that's fulfilling to you. Live a life that's obedient and submitted to Christ. Hope this helped you today. Hope it blessed you. Be sure to subscribe on my channel. We've got great podcasts coming out every week uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and I'd really appreciate it. Go back and listen to some of my other episodes that I've got on the book of Revelation, End Time Studies, how to deal with anxiety, all these different things that are going on in society today that people are dealing with. Go back and listen to some of my, some of my other podcasts. They're great. They'll be helpful for you. This is a great place to go to get solid doctrinal foundation teaching, not my own opinion, but the word of God, because we always use scripture. You'll never hear me use a point without using a scripture to back it up. So I hope this blessed you. Be blessed today. Go bless somebody else with the word of God and preach to someone. Tell someone about the love of God today. And I love you and I'll see you on the next broadcast. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.